You are listening to Median the Madams is Amory Sky. Got a lot in your mind and we can talk about it. Got a lot going on and we can talk about it. If you're looking for grooves, we wanna talk about it. If you're looking for food, we wanna talk about it. I good news, I wanna talk about it. Hey, hey. I'ma get a light and you can shine on me. I'ma get a light and you can shine on me. Hello, beloved. Welcome to another episode. Today we will be doing Sagas of the Motherboard for our first edition of the new year. We will be talking to a woman of a certain age who grew up in southern Georgia and still resides a little bit closer to the Atlanta metro area. Just about her childhood, love, her career, family, and other advice she has for younger black women. I hope that you enjoy again just another short episode i hope your february is going well and that you have an amazing love weekend whether it's valentine's day self-care love or a special person my young advice well at the time when i was young you know back in the day people said that if you were not married and that's just an old time saying by the time uh 25 what did they call you an old maid <laughs> yeah just just one of the uh sayings that people say and now nowadays usually the young people get their career first and then they on down decide to get married which is a good thing because you do need to be independent you don't need to have to depend on someone else's salary in order to make it um back in the day you know we had segregation and uh Things did not turn over until after I was out of high school. And I remember when I was in college, they went around and they asked everybody, what do you think is important, integration or segregation? Of course, uh, if you were in the band, and I was a majorette uh, at that time when I was in high school, of course, uh, the bands are so much better, the black schools. Of course, they said that the... Uh, white schools, Caucasian schools, um, had more up-to-date books and everything else was, and we was getting second-hand books and things like that. But then when they started integrating, which was, I think, in 72, they got over to the uh, Cajun school and realized there was a lot of things that was really not up to par as well. The building, number one, it was old, and uh, but they were thinking at that time that our school wasn't as good. But when I came out of high school, we had a brand-new school um, because they had built a new high school, you know, at that time. And then they turned the old school into a, for the black children, uh, junior high, I believe it was at that time. So there was a lot of pros and cons. Now, in the, back in the day, some people, and they probably still do, had problems, and you might even relate to that, with the... Um, organization of the Caucasian and that would be um, I didn't have any problems with that, that particular group and I will say this and that was because my father was into business and he was always patronizing whether you were black white or what and when I said he was in the business he had uh, he drove cab and therefore he was real nice to the Caucasian as well as to the black people he patronized both 
something that's always speaking to them, and, and uh, some people don't realize this, is not giving in to them, but you're always tipping your head and making sure that you're very nice to the other side. So in that, I and by me being an only child, I was always, I always tell the children, I was always with my mother and my father. And uh, they always tried to make sure, you know, that I was always around them. So I didn't have too many problems. Of course, if you're in elementary school, you still have the children, uh, what they call them, bullies. <laughs> and I didn't have any sisters and brothers, so I tried to be real nice to everybody because <laughs> I didn't want anybody to be mean to me. But then, of course, on the other hand, we did have little boys that would uh, run you home from school. So I was I boogie boogie home one day, and Mama said, "Uh-uh-uh, no, we we tired of this." <laughs> so she helped my daddy to pick me up every morning to take me to school, and and you know, and bring me back home. So I wasn't having problems. That's in elementary school. But uh, when I got to be older, then I felt like I was very independent. So my mother was in the cab stand that my daddy operated. So that was in the downtown section of Griffin, and uh, that's when I would walk home from the high school. And I, you know, had no problems then. You get, to, you learn new friends, and then you get to the point that you're kind of independent. What is your biggest piece of advice besides to be independent? Well, you should, uh, number one, be, uh, let me see. I think you should be humble with people. You know, you know, take people for what they are. Stop. Do not stay close to God. Number one, and like even today, and I think some people, well, some children learn this now. But I have um, something that I read every morning. I got about three or little, four little books when I first get up, so I can just stay close to God. And this is something some people probably if they stay in church, and I was in church all the time even as a child coming up. Uh, but you got to learn to put God first. And that is the main thing. And then be loving to everybody. And stop forming opinions of others. Because, you know, we are so quick to form our opinion. Why is she doing that? <laughs> or look what she has on, you know, things like that. Don't always be so opinionated. What did you do for your profession while you were working? I know you still are active doing everything, but what did you do <laughs> before you retired? I worked for, well, I was in college for a while, and then when I came out, I uh, uh, started working for AT&T. At that time in Griffin, it was Bell South. No, it was Southern Bell. Mm-hmm. They changed the name to Bell South, and then they later changed the name to AT&T. So I was at uh, the telephone company for 29 days and, I mean, 29 years and 28 days. <clears throat> uh, and then what happened, everything started, you know, at first things started um, downsizing. So I was in, I first started out as an operator. And from operator, I went to, like, supervisor. And from supervisor, I, which was training other students coming in, uh, to be an operator. Then I later bid it out and went to the engineering department. Engineering is drafting. So we was drafting like the different uh, jobs and things for the engineers because they would have to go out in the field 
and take notes and bring the notes back to us, and we would, you know, draw it up for a job for the construction people to go out and put the cable in or rewrite cable or whatever they needed to do, uh, put up a pole. And we also had to learn how to do uh, DOT permits for you to run that cable through on the pole or under the ground. Uh, we had new divisions, uh, subdivisions coming in. So we would have to go out and draw up that subdivision. Let everything later, we did, first I uh, did things by a pintail, which was a pen. But then later, which is manual as well, but then we later started drawing on the computer. So that was a challenge as well. And we always was in school. I mean, Bellsong, AT&T was seen to school. I had to go to school. Even when I was getting ready to retire, I still had to go to school in Birmingham because we had to learn how to price out jobs for the uh, engineers to do jobs. So everybody making money. Uh, in that, I, like I said, I retired. Then after I retired and I was out for one year, a construction, a construction company went back in. I went back to that same desk, same office, same everything, and worked for the construction company doing the same thing for an additional three years. And after that, I started, uh, I've always worked with the election department, like uh, voting and so forth. I went out for a while doing that because I was working straight eight to five. So when I stopped, uh, when I retired, I went back to working with uh, voting, election. I have done volunteer work at the hospital for, oh, about five to ten years at the most. So I always stay busy. you got to stay busy. And even now, I'm still working with the elections, hoping they'll pull us back in there. And it doesn't matter whether you are Republican or Democrat. But uh, we are supposed to start that working again in February. This is a midterm year. Right, so it's going to be really, really busy. Okay. As far as doing volunteer at the hospital, since this um, pandemic and everything came up, I have not, nobody has gone back yet doing volunteer work. And I don't think I'm going back. I'm at that point where I think I've served my time volunteering at the hospital. <laughs> How did you cope with the pandemic? Oh, very easy. Well, I've always looked at um not everybody, but I've always looked at the soap operas. I'm always uh, busy. I haven't been too long. Rearranged all my closets. No one I could sit and take that long. It might take a day or two. <laughs> um, but I, I cook a lot, and sometimes people call and ask me to fix a cake for them, and uh, I will do that. And then they'll say, "Well, how much you charge?" I said, "Oh no, that's okay." You know, but it, it keeps me busy, and. Uh, like for my grands, I got 10, so every time someone have a birthday, I always fix them a cake whether I'm working or not working. But this is something my mother used to do. And so after I retired, then I started, you know, baking cakes, and uh, that's what I did over the weekend. But I'm always busy cooking or doing something. I mean, you don't just have to sit around. It's always something I have to do. <laughs> that's the episode. I hope you all have a great week. And we will continue our love series later on next week.